6. Let's get into the Word a few minutes. I want to thank everyone who, uh, you know, our kitchen was busy yesterday bringing something to contribute, and uh, many of many of you brought things or bought things or whatever you did. Going to have a great meal and some fellowship together. Hope that you uh, hope that you stay and stick around. And I want to say before I let it get away from me, from my wife, uh, from the Cody family, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to endeavor to take some. Uh, we'll be here Tuesday night for midweek service. I'll be ministering. You want to come to that? And uh, but uh, praise God, I'm going to take some time to be at home and enjoy my family and and some rest and all of that this week. But uh, but anyway, uh, what I was saying as we were getting ready, First Timothy six is to participate. You saw now, Miss Jennifer was in that flow anyway. But being stirred up, it didn't hurt her at all that she'd been coming and studying and talking about. You know, you can know something, but are you stirred up about it? Are you fresh about it? And then when she had this situation, because she's been a disciple, she's been in training, she's fresh in that, she could speak to that situation and get results. And it's because she chose in part to participate. Amen? Well, I wanted to say something about the upcoming meeting with Reverend Richard Roberts. A lot of, And I want to speak to those of you who are newer in the church. Special meetings, don't blow the special meeting off. Maybe I know, maybe, maybe you're not used to a church that has special meetings. And, and why would I want to come to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Monday night and Tuesday? Well, people go to the ball game Monday night. You know, they dance five times a week. And, you know, so, amen. But uh, this is the reason. Uh, you know, God has to move for us to get this caliber of ministry to Paducah. When our first uh, publication went out on social media that we were having Oral Roberts' son, Reverend Richard Roberts, come to minister in Paducah, I got this test message from, message from a precious pastor out of state. And he said, how do you get these men to come? Well, it's God. And again, it will cost you time. It will cost you sleep. It will cost you extra. But what you will leave with, you cannot buy with money. Well, I'm, I just prefer the pastor, Chris. I appreciate that, but there are five ministry gifts, not one that Jesus set in the church for the maturing and the equipping of his people. And so we need to honor God and how he has moved to honor us just to open the door. He's not blowing in and blowing out just for one service. This is the first time he's ever been here. He doesn't really know me, but he's entrusting us with his ministry that is a world wide ministry a lot of places this man could be in Paducah, Kentucky at WHC December 4th through the 7th Amen and I'm asking you as your pastor to do what you always do to be who you always are and that is to, to get what God has for us Amen and just by our showing up it shows him that we were interested at least to a degree in what God has. And, you know, if we don't steward these opportunities properly, why would God continue to move so supernaturally on our behalf? 
So if you have any honor for me, then just trust me. This is for your benefit. This is, this is, I could go, I, he's going to be in California ministering in January. I'm going to be in California. I'm going to be there. But you probably won't, which is why we're bringing him here. Amen? Amen. Is pastor spanking us? No. But he's just being a dad. I'm just endeavoring to be a dad. Amen? And uh, so get on, spread the word far and wide. You will so love and enjoy his ministry. I promise you, he is a unique fellow. And uh, we're going to have a great time in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. If we want to stop at 12, then i got 17 minutes. <laughs> praise God. And uh, plenty of time, plenty of time. Okay, Rex believes in miracles. They're here. Miracles are in this place. I can say something significant in 17, 17 minutes and counting. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 12, Paul said to believers, he's saying this to a minister, Timothy, but it's God saw fit to include it, didn't he, in our Bible. And so it's for all of us. And he says here, by the Holy Ghost, he says, fight. Fight. Everyone say fight. Fight. The good fight of faith. Amen? Lay hold. Religion wants to tell you to let go. Let go and let God. Well, if you, if you mean by that let go of your worry, let go of your care, let go of your anxiety, and trust God fiercely, then I'm with you on that phrase. But a lot of people mean quit trying to get something from God. If God wants you to have it, he'll have it. You just need to let go and let God. That's not the Bible. The Bible says fight. Fight the good fight of faith. You could say it this way from what we've learned. Fight the good fight of confidence. Fight the good fight of trust. Fight the good fight of being persuaded. Fight the good fight of being sure about what God said. Fight the good fight about expectation. Amen. People want to tell you, well, I sure hate you. Hate, sweetie, to see you get your hopes up. No, you need to get your hopes up. Amen. Amen. Hope. Yeah, a lot of people are hunting out there right now. I wish I was. And, uh, but they have a scope, and the scope represents their hope. You got to aim at something if you're ever going to hit it. Faith is the bullet. It's going to go out and kill that thing that you've been aiming at. So the Bible says that we should fight the good fight of faith to lay hold on eternal life to which you were called. Now notice what it says next. It says, and have confessed a good confession. So we see here in this one verse, don't we, that part of the fight of faith has to do with our confession. Are you with me? The fight of faith is essentially over this it's over words see when you when when miss jennifer any of us when we speak one of god's promises when we release our faith you may not have known it but you did you know you just picked a fight with the spirit realm you just picked a fight with the devil and demons right if that wasn't true this verse would not be necessary he didn't say float in the faith, the faith life. He said fight, the good fight of faith. Well, if, there's a, if I have to fight, that means there's an opponent. Amen? 
I looked up the word for fight in the Greek, and it means to engage in a contest. It means to contend with an adversary. Amen? It means to compete for a prize. And the prize is the thing you're going after with your faith. Your fight is the headlamp. Your fight is for your healing. That's the prize that you're going after. Amen? But understand, believer, that when you launch out into a faith project, the devil's not going to just sit back and go, good for them. Look at them obey the Bible. Look at them go for what God said. That'll be neat to see. No, no, no. No, no, no. When you launch out in faith, you know, I've noticed this. This will speak to what you, I just hadn't had a chance to get back with you. That we've had a, I've, I've noticed a pattern, and I, maybe I have, I'm sure I do, I have a part in this. We've seen people uh, come for a period of time, excited, and God moved. Uh, uh, the one young girl I'm thinking about was just one of the most recent God events in her life was she was in this altar, was filled with the Holy Ghost, recently baptized. But I've seen, as people have, they, they take that step of faith, they've, they've been here a while, they're excited, they're convicted, and they join the church. And I lay my hands on them, and I don't see them for six weeks. And I get word on social media that they're not coming back. Or how many have I water, if you think about it, you probably not, but I do. How many have I water baptized and I don't see them anymore? They took a step forward in their spiritual life. And you know what happened? They picked a fight with the devil. They picked a, They joined this church. That made them enemy number one to the devil. I know we're not above other churches. I'm not trying to portray that, but I just know who we are and what God's doing here, and I'm not ashamed about it. I'm glad to be here. I wouldn't go to any other church in this because I'm biased. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Dr. Dufresne told me, if you don't believe in what you're doing, why would anybody else? I believe in what I'm doing. I left my mom. I left my dad. I left my brother. I left my brothers and sisters. I left Oklahoma. I left everything I wanted back there so I could be where God wanted me. Praise God. But see, I'm not bringing that pick on anybody, but that's the reason, Sister Courtney, is that when people take a step toward God, the devil's not going to just go, congratulations. Now, these are spiritual babies, and here's where we need to pick it up. We need to continue to pray that Christ be fully formed in these young Christians. And all of us need to help when we don't see these faces that we all help try to run them down and encourage them because they haven't been they haven't stuck around here long enough amen to be taught how to resist the devil we need to be able to carry them on our faith for a good while amen praise god the greek word here for fight is uh now don't make fun of me it says that it's ago it's like agonize that's where we you know we get that word agonize from this greek word Amen. I'm sure it goes from there to the Latin and all that good stuff. Agon, I can't even say it. Amen. But you get the point. And it doesn't mean that faith is a drudgery. What that agony, what that Greek word is trying to express is that the fight of faith is going to require effort and intensity and purpose. It means to struggle. One Greek dictionary says it means to struggle. It means to strive earnestly. It means to contend. Amen? 
Praise God. Don't be surprised when you go to lay hold of your healing that you have a fight on your hands, that your mind gets bombarded. Don't, don't be surprised when you step out and you start sowing seed, financial seed, and you start making your declarations that you're coming up financially, amen, that you're not going to get pushback from the spirit realm because you will, amen. But if you'll just stay in the contest of faith, if you'll stay in the faith arena, you will whip the devil every time. He cannot win if you stay in faith. And this is why you have to understand, your faith is released when you speak, and then you begin to act in line with what you're believing. And so the fight is the devil cannot stop that from coming to pass. He is the, his only hope, the only way he can win is to get us to defeat ourself. And the only way he can defeat my faith is to get me to say something different than what I said. The fight of faith is a fight over words. Amen? So we won't go there for time's sake, but in Luke chapter 8, you remember the story that Jesus was going from one side of the Lake of Galilee to the other side. And he told his disciples, he said, let us go to the other side. He didn't say, let us go to the middle and drown. He said, let us go to the other side of the lake. And the Bible says, they launched out. Well, the devil heard what he said. And the disciples launched out. And the Bible says they got out there in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and suddenly. Hey, when suddenly shows up and it's negative, just recognize it for what it is. It is the devil attempting to rob you of your faith. How would he rob me of my faith? He stirs up circumstances. He puts pressure on me. He makes me feel certain things. He brings unbelieving believers across my path to say things that are discouraging. He will do everything he can, and the goal is to get me to say, I wonder what happened. I wonder why it's not working to get me to speak words that he can empower instead of words that God is empowering. And so to get to the end of Jesus' faith, he had to stand up in the stern of that ship and speak to the opposition, to speak to what was opposing what he said, which was, we're going to the other side. Amen? And we have got to learn to say the right thing while we feel the wrong thing. It's huge. And, and it'll help you do that because it doesn't feel good. It's like Brother Lon was telling me the other day in, in small group. He was saying, Pastor, I have heard with my, I've heard to lock my jaw and make myself say the word of God. Because of the pressure. Because of how he felt. Because of what things looked like. Amen. But you've got to hold fast to your confession of faith. That's Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3, write it down, verse 1 says, Seeing then, therefore, that we have such a merciful and great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, who is passed into the heavens for us, let us hold fast our confession. See, Jesus has already passed into the heavens and he is seated as our mediator of the new covenant at the right hand of the Father. And when he sees you or me step over into faith, he is the high priest of what we say. 
Did you get that? He is the high priest of what we say. And when we speak in line with the word of God, our high priest will take those words before the Father because they're his words. By his stripes, I am healed. And Jesus will say, Father, your son, he's been attacked with cancer, but I heard him say your word. I heard him say today, I heard him say that you have forgiven all of his iniquities and you have healed all of his diseases and I present you your son's words and as the mediator, the, the one who paid for his right to be healed, I'm letting you know, Father, your son's in faith. You have something to fulfill. Oh, do you get that? If you could see into the realm of the spirit, Jesus as your high priest taking your words before the throne, and saying, Father, I paid for this. I bought this. Your servant is facing pressure. But he, I heard him say, my God shall supply all of your need. According, You've got to fulfill these words, Father. But then if you said those words and pressure comes and you, un, you say something unbelieving, you say something different, you force the high priest to withdraw. The angel runs up and goes, uh, 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 uh. Unfortunately, we just heard them say, we don't know how we're going to make it. And so Jesus has to say to his father, never mind. That's good. I said, that's good. I'm going to listen to that again this afternoon just so I can hear myself say that. Did you get that? Did you get the picture? He is your representative in heaven. He's your big brother. And he paid for, he paid for your victory, your peace of mind, your joy, your children, your safety, all of that. But we have got to learn to control our mouth. Write this reference down because I've got four minutes and counting. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4.14, again referencing Jesus as our high priest, says, hold fast. Hold fast to your profession of faith. Hebrews 3.1 declares him to be the high priest of our profession. Hebrews 4.14 says we must hold fast to it. Well, why must we hold fast if there's no opposition? There's going to be opposition. Amen? And you've got to learn to stand your ground and say and just keep on saying what you believe no matter what it looks like, no matter what you feel, no matter what the doctors say, no matter how much time has passed, no matter how many people have died of the very thing that you've got. The Bible says a thousand could fall at your left side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is in my life, sorry, and he is in your life who you say him to be, who you declare him to be. And he will be nothing more than you, you, you say him to be. Write this reference down, Proverbs 16, verse 23 and 24. Proverbs 16, verse 23 says, The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Yeah. 
Then listen, verse 24 tells you the effect of talking right. Verse 24 says, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul. You can bless your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions by talking right. And then it goes on and says, and health to the bones. Health to the bones. See, your words are having effect on your mental state and your physical state. Now listen, none of I didn't know this growing up. I I didn't know. They're just words. I had no idea. But see, when wisdom begins to take hold, you begin to realize I have to teach my mouth to talk right. Now, uh, hallelujah. One of the things, one of the benefits that pastor had with small groups is I got to hang around you a little bit more. And some of you are negative. Some of you, I wouldn't want to be your friend. I'm sorry. I love you and I'm your pastor, but I wouldn't want to be your friend. I wouldn't want to hang out with you on a Friday because you're so negative. It's like I got to get back up because every word out of your mouth is griping and complaining. It's on the negative side. And I'm not criticizing you, but I'm telling you, if the shoe fits, put it on. Get some wisdom. You've got to learn to not talk like that anymore. You, you want to turn it around? You want to have better things? You want to have a better life? Then you've got to teach your mouth how to talk. I did too. I'm exactly like Charles Caps. When I first learned this, I didn't have anything to say for about a month. Because I didn't have anything positive to say. I was just a zipped lip. But you know what? That's progress. I said, that's progress. At least you're not sowing any new bad seed. But you know, it's not enough to put a nip on the bad talk. You have to go on to the good talk. You have to open your mouth and speak. Let's close in James. I do want you to set your eyes here even though it's 12.01. What, what is that, Karen? What is that? You need, you need 25 more minutes? You need 25 more minutes to be ready for the meal? Gotcha. I think I could do that. I'm just kidding. I don't have an earwig. No, we're going to finish up right here. Hallelujah. So in James chapter 3, let's just read verse 1. We'll start reading here. My brethren, be not many masters or teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. Now, I like the New King James better. It says, in many things we stumble. We stumble. Now, listen. Now, what, look at what he goes on and says. If any man offend not or stumble not in word, the same is a perfect man. Now, notice this. And able also to bridle his whole body. Is that what it says? 
To bridle. Yeah, to bridle. You get what that means? Someone who has grown up spiritually and who has matured spiritually and become, now the word perfect here doesn't mean flawless. It means full grown in spiritual things. You know what makes a full grown man a full grown man in spiritual things? He's learned to talk right. He doesn't offend with his mouth. He doesn't stumble with his words. So it's like Brother Hagin said, your words are tripping you up. Your words are tripping you up. I don't care what it looks like. I would say, if I were you, I'm going to have a great Christmas. My family, we're going to have a great Christmas. We're going to have an abundant Christmas. It's going to be the best Christmas we ever had. Amen. Say what you want, not what you're getting. So, um, oh, Father, I'm trying to hurry. Where's the notes? Okay, right here. The second verse in the Amplified says this. If anyone does not offend in speech, in the brackets it says, never says the wrong thing. He is a fully developed character and a perfect man. Now to get this, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. This is so powerful. If, we, if your flesh is out of control in some area, don't raise your hand. I know you have that. I have flesh too. Notice, did he give us the key? It doesn't matter how strong of a grip that habit, that addiction has on you. If you'll grow up spiritually and realize, I can control my whole body. I can curb every bad part of my human nature by learning to talk right. If you would just simply say about whatever sin or bad habit you're dealing with, I'm free of that. That has no power over me. I'm graced. I'm done with that. I'm through with that. I'm through talking negative. I'm not stumbling with, and use your words. It's by your words that you harness even the great powers of sin-filled flesh. The devil doesn't want you to know this, friend. We're going to look at verse 3 and 4, and then we're done. Praise God. So look at this. In James chapter 3, he's going to start giving us some illustrations to help us get the word picture of what he's talking about. So he says, if we set bits in horses' mouths to make them obey us, we can turn their whole body about. Now, I have two, two horses at home. They're 29 years old each. The picture of health. Our animals are blessed. They are. And uh, Easter's doing good. Yeah. And, um, but as old as they are, they'll hurt you. They get so excited about feed time. Easter's got this bad habit of knocking her feed bucket off on the ground because she's so excited about bring it faster, bring it faster, she hits the thing with her nose until she breaks the screw off. Come on. Well, I got to go out there in the midst of them to put the feed bucket back on. And they're just being playful. 
they will hurt you. Trying to bless you, trying in their mind, in their little horsey mind, they don't realize, Easter doesn't realize she's 1,100 pounds. When she wants to throw her weight around, you're moving. You're moving. And Sam, you know, he's, he's, he's not a pony, but he's just graduated to horse status. I mean, he's just, you know, 14 hands. But at 750, 800 pounds, he'll hurt you. I've seen him throw faith for a loop. I mean, like, whoo, and there she goes. There goes my daughter. Bump, 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 bump. It's so cute, too, because this was so many years ago, and Faith, she's still that pistol now. She'd jump up. She wasn't mad or scared. Or she was mad. She wasn't scared. She just, but can we control those animals? What does it take? A metal, a piece of metal right here. Isn't that interesting? Where? That's what I need to get. I need to get a bunch of James chapter 2 bits. And, and when you leave here, open wide. I'm going to help you this week. Pastor's going to help you this week. Open. Stick it in there. Stick it in there. Stick it in there. But here's what God's trying to get over to us in James. Forces greater, forces more powerful then your natural ability to control are controllable with a very small member. Right there. Your deliverance is one inch. It's been hiding under your nose. Your victory has been right there all the time hiding under your nose. The third, the third insult, uh, illustration or the fourth verse, and we'll, we'll be done. Why are you laughing? Praise God. Okay, so two, two minutes and you're good. All right. Praise God. Let's look at verse 4. He gives another illustration. You know this. Likewise, look at the ships. Though they are so great and are driven by rough winds, they are steered or controlled by a very small rudder wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. That's the Amplified Bible. Well, I looked this up yesterday on a computer. And uh, how big do engineers say a ship's rudder needs to be? Well, if you, take the, if you took the length of the Titanic, how big should the rudder be? It's 0 0.015 to 2% in surface area of the length of that ship. That's not very much. I said that's not very much. 1.5 to 2% of the entire ship's length is all you need to control the ship. Even though the ship is so great, and think about it in the ocean, the forces arrayed against the ship, the currents. We find ourselves in a negative economic current. We can still navigate it. No problem. No problem. The forces arrayed against the church naturally and spiritually in these last days are intense. Don't matter. We can navigate and get on the other side of every wave. It doesn't matter what headwind. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Stand behind. Be the helmsman of your own life. And steer your life to a good place. Fight the good fight of faith. And understand that that fight is about what you say. Say words in keeping with what God has said. And give your high priest something to work with. Give your high priest something good that he can go before the Father and say, I bought this. I heard Rebecca say. I heard Pastor Amber say. Amen. I heard Jerry, your son, say. And he said what you said. And I bought it. So he's worthy. She's worthy. And God says, let it be as they have believed. Angels, go do it. It may take a little time. It may take a little time. But if you just, you've, you've seen those captains in, in the movies or whatever, in the, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow, you know, whatever, and the storms are raging. But if you just set your rudder, I don't care what comes. I can tell you where this is going to end up. My body is healed. Yeah. I shall live and not die. I shall live and not die. You got it? You ready to eat? Okay. Wow, some of you are not like not ready. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads.